0: Good morning, everybody. Paige and Julie Trammell. Paige and Julie Trammell. We got everybody but the leader. Amen. There she is. Give her a big hand if you would. <laughs> At 11 o'clock shows up quick, doesn't it? Amen. Well, good morning. Uh, let's all stand if you would. How many of you believe that we have victory in Jesus this morning? Amen. 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 I think we're going to sing that here in a minute all right, <laughs> all right. Minute, here we go just any minute now <laughs> here we go help us
1: out this morning three four
0: come on put your hands together help us out helps everybody smile at me come on come on you can do better than that now put that smile on turn around and show it to somebody else tell them you're glad to see them this morning all right let's greet one another then we'll continue to worship in just a moment all right find your place and you can be seated we've got a few announcements First things first, we're so glad that you're here this morning. If you are a visitor today for the first or second time, we want to make sure we don't want to embarrass you, but we want to get a record of your visit. Brother Gary's got some uh, visitor cards. So if you're a visitor, would you just lift up a hand? We're just going to get you a card right there, Brother Gary. Anybody else? And if you would, just fill that out, put it in the offer basket on your way out. We're so glad that you're here today, and uh, thank you for being here uh, man, so glad to see all of you. We've still got lots of folks sick. Please continue to pray for all of our folks to get well. Uh, maybe with the uh, maybe warmer weather, we will get everybody uh, well and over all this stuff. Amen. Uh, don't forget uh, just everything going on. Uh, Wednesdays, again, we have a Wednesday morning Bible study every Wednesday morning from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Uh, I always encourage you to bring donuts, and Brother Ken brought donuts, and I was the only one that helped him eat them this week. Amen. So, uh, so yeah, so come on. We need you to come. Somebody's got to eat them donuts. Uh, show up uh, for Bible study 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., then uh, Wednesday nights, 6 p.m. supper, and then 7 o'clock we uh, have something for all ages, all right? Uh, I wanted to read you this. This is from uh, Miss Tracy behind me here, Miss Tracy. Uh, I lost her mom, but she wanted to me to just pass this on to all of you. It says, For every prayer, thought, hug, shoulder to lean and cry on, every call, every text, every message, every card, and the food, we thank you so much. I am so blessed to be a part of this body of believers at Landmark Baptist Church, Tracy Page, Littles and Family. Amen. Thank you, Miss Tracy. Amen. And uh Uh, so and also don't forget just a few other announcements announcements uh, giving statements for 2021 are on the table back there if you hadn't gotten those yet Uh, and uh, don't forget giving can be done right here in an envelope with a check or cash and then you can also give online you can go to giving.landmarktyler.com and set that up and you can give online that way now don't forget now here's the fun part anybody know what next sunday is Daylight savings time I know boo this is and this uh, now we are going to get longer days out of this amen How many of you ready for that? I'm ready for longer days warmer weather springtime And uh, but here's the thing. Here's the hard part of it. You got to lose an hour of sleep to get there All right now, uh, we used to you used to could use your alarm clock as an excuse Uh, but can I tell you your phone? The preacher is wise to you your phone does it automatically, all right, for you. So there are no more excuses. Don't, don't give me the excuse. I slept through my alarm clock. It's on your phone. Your phone will automatically change the time over for you. Uh, so be here with me. I'll be here an hour early. Uh, just come on, and uh, we'll have a good time in the Lord, all right? Just uh, go to bed a little bit earlier next week. It's, it's really just that simple. Brother Mark, come on now. It ain't that. No, it really is just that simple. Amen. Just go to bed a little bit earlier, and I'll see you here next Sunday. Uh, don't forget our life recovery class is a 12 week class for uh, recovery from addictions and from anger issues, anything that you might be dealing with. And again, we've all got them. Amen. We all have addictions. We all have sin is really an addiction. So uh, I, I know all of you, and we've all got sin in our life. Amen. That's just me saying I know you. You know me. We all got sin. Amen. Uh, but uh, Brother Tracy Cantlin is leading that class. Uh, give him a hand. Yes. And so they meet. Uh, they meet here at two o'clock, and you—it's not too late to join. Just come on. It's really more more than anything else. It's a workbook, but it's also just a discussion group. And so come and take part in that. I know everybody's schedules kind of crazy. We've had some here one week, and then some not here the next week. So please, please come and be faithful to that. All right. And then last week I preached on uh, just service and uh, giving, but a few people weren't here, so I wanted to catch some people because i gave out these uh, ten dollar gift cards to mardell's uh just to thank everybody for their service and so now they're here so i know I, I got at least a couple brother kelly allen give brother kelly a big uh, hand if you would we want to recognize him for all he does teaching and preaching and just uh playing the bass for us just all the things that he does here uh, and then miss mary kid miss mary come on now miss mary she is very dear to our hearts because miss mary feeds us amen Amen. and my stomach yeah my stomach is close to my heart amen so uh we appreciate her more than she will ever know and uh let's see did i is anybody else not here that uh for last week anybody miss cheryl there you go that's right miss cheryl come on thank you miss judy miss judy had to point her out (laughs) don't fall girl amen All right. Amen. Anybody else? I got I got one more here that I need to give out. Anybody else? Who? Oh, yes. Rusty Reynolds. I'll get this to him. You know, he's broken his leg, uh, but he takes care of uh, mowing our yard and doing all that for us. So uh, I'll get that to Rusty. All right. All right. I think that is everything today. Let's uh, let's stand again. Miss Julie, tell us about this new song. We're going to learn a new song.
2: our God is an awesome God and he can change our hearts and turn things around in our lives. How many of you know God has changed and turned things around in your life? Amen. Amen. And we are praying that he continues to work with each of us and um, in our quiet time, prayer time together we were sharing testimonies of how God has done that this week with um, friends and family, how God has got a hold of their heart, and they have turned around their lifestyle, and they want to live for Jesus, Amen. and that is so encouraging, but we know from our personal testimonies how God is powerful and how he works in our lives, so we just want to give him the praise um, in this song that has uh, is a new song. We want to teach it to you today, and um, and then just praise him, because he's our hope, and it's in the name of Jesus. Amen.
0: give the Lord a climb over this morning. He can turn it around in your life no matter what it is. Amen.
2: Our Father, we just come to you this morning, God, just giving you the praise and just thanking you that you showed us how to love because you first loved us. And Lord, we just can't thank you enough for your Holy Spirit just guiding us and leading us where we need to go and leading us here in this place as a family, Father, that you led people here to be a part of this family and that we love each other and we are accountable to each other, and we worship together, and I thank you for those that are here today, and I thank you for those that couldn't be here today, Father, just those that are sick, place your healing hand on them today. Lord, I just thank you for your mercy. Thank you for saving us. We're just so grateful, Father, for so many blessings you give us. Lord, I just thank you for this next message that we're going to hear, Lord, that you would just speak to our individual hearts, Lord, we're all in different places, and you know our hearts, Father, and you know where we struggle, you know where we have, um, some of us, anxiety over things, God, but you didn't, you brought your Holy Spirit, Lord, so that we could be free from these things, free from worry, and help us, God, to just lean into you and just and just trust you in all this That we go through in this world that we're in the valley most of the time and but you're with us and you teach us and you show us how to live this life how to live the life to share with others because we have the answer lord again just be with with this time as you speak to us in jesus name amen amen
0: we'll be glad to be here say praise the lord if you're not glad to be here just keep that to yourself we don't want to know that all right hey uh, we do have a great children's church program so if you've got children that would like to take part in that there goes a cute one right there. Any more cute ones? Cute, cute. All right. None of you adults stand up. I won't call you cute. Amen. Miss Cindy's gonna do a lesson this morning. Miss Cindy's actually gonna be teaching on foot washing today. And she told me, Brother Mark, if you're not preaching, you can come and I'll wash your feet. I said, Oh, you do not want to touch my feet. <laughs> in the name, oh, in the name of Jesus. Hello. Ah, I got it. Thank you, Miss Julie. I'm going to talk to you today about being restless. Now I know that's probably nobody in here, is it? Anybody in here ever been restless? Yeah. You just, uh, you know, we live in a time and in a culture where there's just a lot of anxiety in there, and we are restless souls. So what I'm going to talk about today is the restless soul. How do we, how do we calm ourselves when nothing seems to be calm around us? When uh, everything's to be, it seems to be just going crazy. How do we calm ourselves? How do we get a restless, uh, make a restless soul calm, all right? And so we're going to talk about that today. Uh, We're going to be, I'm going to make it real easy. First scripture is going to be in Genesis. Do you all know where that is? Very front of the Bible, all right? You're welcome. Genesis chapter 2, in fact, all right? We're going to skip the first chapter. We'll go to the second chapter. And uh, that's where we're going to start this morning. But here's something I want you to realize first. We are not a body with a soul. We are a soul with a body. And we're going to read that in Genesis chapter 2. When God created you, you were created. There is an eternal part to you, and there is a temporary part to you. So guess what? Most of us, we're just, we've are just we lived so long in the physical that we tend to think of everything in the physical. But God did not create you that way. God didn't create a body with a soul. He created a soul and then put a body around it. And one day... Unless the Lord comes back, your body's gonna die. But guess what? The soul never dies. And that's why I can look around this building today and I can unequivocally say, everybody in this room, your soul's gonna live forever. That's not a question. The big question is, and it's a big one, is where are you going to spend forever? Your soul continues to live, your soul is eternal, your body is temporary. In fact, Paul had discovered this, and he even said, You remember what he said? He said uh, he compared his body to a tent. He didn't even compare it to a house. It's so temporary that he compared it to a tent. It's like you go camping and you put it up and then you take it down, and you're there for a weekend and then you're gone. And so that's what he compared the body to that it was like a, a tent. It was a very temporary deal. But most of us tend to live in the physical, don't we? We tend to live in the physical. How do we feel? How are how our bodies doing? But listen, we need to concentrate on the soul because the soul is the important part of you that's going to live forever. And one day when your body dies, your soul is what's going to go on, okay? So understand that. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2, 7. You say, where do you get that from, Brother Mark? Well, I got it from the Bible. That's a very good place to get it from. Amen. Uh, Genesis 2, 7 says this. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. All right. So God created the the soul first. Then He put the body around it and breathed into its nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. All right. So uh, we have the curse of the restless soul. Now we're going to jump over to Genesis chapter four, verses eleven and twelve, and. The first two guys that come up are Cain and Abel. Do you remember the story of Cain and Abel? Let's read about Cain and Abel. And you remember Cain kills Abel because of jealousy. Cain kills Abel because God favors Abel's offering and he didn't favor Cain's offering. So Cain gets jealous and he kills his own brother. All right? And sin enters into the world. Of course, sin had already entered into the world through mom and daddy, through Adam and Eve. But now sin has taken it to the very next level. Now murder has been committed, okay? So let's see what happens in Genesis chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. It says, So now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. And when you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive... And a vagabond, you shall be on the earth. And in fact, in a, in another uh, d- uh, version of the Bible, it says that you will become a restless wanderer. That's the wording it uses. Okay, so uh, Cain is now cursed, and he is cursed to work the ground. And uh, it says that. And once where the ground gave him plenty, now you'll have to work twice as hard to get any food out of the ground, all right? And he is cursed from that point on. And guess what? Ever since then, ever since Cain killed Abel and God put this curse upon Cain, we have all seem to have been cursed with this restless, wandering soul. We all want to live for God, but it's easier said than done, isn't it? We all want to live for God, but we just can't seem to find that restless, wandering soul that always wants to go towards sin, that always wants to go towards pleasing the flesh, right? And uh, do you all like pleasing the flesh? I obviously like pleasing the flesh, amen? If you like to eat, you like pleasing the flesh. And, you know, learning boundaries in our life, learning learning self-control and self-discipline, uh, that's a very hard thing because we are fighting against the flesh, all right? But we are bent towards sin, aren't we? The Bible says that we uh, have a sinful nature. And and even after you get saved, we talked about this on Wednesday morning Bible study. Even after you get saved, do you stop sinning just because you got saved? No. Does does the temptations go away because you got saved? No. Why? Because now there is a battle. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit now comes and lives inside of you, but you still have this Flesh and bone body and so now there is a war that goes on every single day and it's your your flesh warring against the spirit of god that lives inside of you and somebody it, that's a very frustrating part of living the christian life and i've had many people ask me and say brother mark when does that get over with? And I say, well, I got good news and bad news. It will be over one day, but you got to die to get there. Amen. And one day we'll stand before the Lord and this body will be done and we will be like him. Amen. And so we've, uh, we need to understand that. But until that day, you will always have that war going on inside of you. As bad as you want to serve the Lord, as bad as you always want to do the right thing, there always seems to be the devil whispering in your ear. Amen. Y'all awake? All right. Help me out here. All right. I feel like I'm up here by myself sometimes. Now, understand this. Um, I believe we live in a culture where we get toxic stuff. Do you believe that? If you turn on your television, if you read magazines, if you uh, look on social media, you're going to get toxic stuff. And I compare it to secondhand smoke, all right? Don't mean any offense to our smokers here. As Brother Mike used to say, smoking won't send you to hell. It'll just make you smell like you've been there. Um, amen. And so understand. But my daddy, my daddy used to smoke. And my daddy was a smoker. I think he said he started when he was 14 years old. And he smoked right up until he was diagnosed with cancer. And he quit, you know, there towards the end, but it was too late. And my daddy smoked those unfiltered Pall Malls. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? Didn't have no filter, and I mean they were strong smelling. Amen. And I never realized it because I grew up in the house with it all my life. That that smoke gets on your clothes, doesn't it? And I'd go to I'd go to school sometimes. Somebody say, "Ooh, God, you stink! You smell like smoke!" You know. And I'd notice uh, I'd notice other times that uh, when we would move out of a house, we would take the pictures off the wall. You ever experienced this? Take the pictures off the wall, and you could see where the picture was hanging. Amen. Why? Nicotine on the wall. Amen. That's what that secondhand smoke will do to you. Amen. And many times they say the secondhand smoke does as much damage, if not more, than than if you're inhaling it yourself. Well, I believe very similar to that, that we live in a culture where we take in a lot of toxic secondhand smoke. Amen. And we get fed a lot of stuff. And if you let it control you, if you listen to that and you listen to the curse, it will mess you up. All right. So we're going to look at that. How do we how do we overcome that? Uh, the restless soul, a couple of things talking about this. The restless soul is searching but never finding, and it's interested in everything, but it's satisfied with nothing. How many of you at nighttime, you ever go to sleep? This happens to me from time to time, and all of a sudden, you know, my eyes will pop open about three or four o'clock in the morning, and... You know, I'll get up, I'll go to the bathroom, and I come back to the bed, and I lay back down in the bed, and most of the time, I just go right back to sleep. But you ever had that, something happens in your mind or in your spirit, and something clicks, and your mind starts going, and your heart starts going, and the anxiety and the worry comes in, and all of a sudden, you find yourself, you cannot go back to sleep. You can't shut your brain off. Anybody here ever experienced that? I think everybody experiences that. And guess what? They tell us that because we're all attached to these screens now, uh, it's it's harder for us to shut our mind off. And uh, again, Wednesday morning, we were talking about how somebody says this. Every time, uh, you know, I find myself not being able to go back to sleep or finding myself not being able to shut my mind off, what do I go to? You pick up that phone. You think that's helping? No, it's actually hurting, isn't it? Because we're looking at a screen, and that screen is stimulating our mind, and all it's doing is making our mind go faster. So how do we do that? How do we, how do we overcome this? Because, again, those two things, the rest of the soul is searching, but it's never finding. It's interested in everything, but it is satisfied with nothing. You ever just get your to-do list? Now, listen, uh, again, if you're a type A, this is really for you. Amen? I'm not a type A personality. I don't keep lists, or I I do keep lists, but I hardly ever fulfill them and check them all off. My wife, she loves doing the list, and a great day for her is when everything got checked off on the list. But I don't think it ever happens. It never gets all checked off, does it? Because our mind is always finding something to do. Just how do we shut our mind off? Because, you see, we're interested in everything, but we're satisfied with nothing. Our mind is always racing to, what could I do to make my life happier? Well, maybe I could get a new house, or maybe I could buy a new car, or maybe if I got a new job. And we're always searching for something, but it seems like we never seem to come to grips and find that thing that will satisfy us. Why is that? Any guesses? Because God is the only one who can satisfy. You're trying to fill a God-sized hole with other things, and you cannot do it, all right? Um, we have an an inability to shut down on the inside. Our brain is always running and the RPMs in our brain are constantly always going. All right, let's read another scripture. Ecclesiastes chapter two, verses 22 and 23. It says this, and this was from King Solomon. He says, for what has man for all of his labor and for the striving of his heart with which he has toiled under the sun? For all his days are sorrowful and his work burdensome. Even in the night, his heart takes no rest. You see that? This also is vanity. In other words, we're always chasing after something else. Have you ever noticed that? And think about your own life. I'll be happy when I get a new job. I'll be happy when I start making this much money. I'll be happy when I get a nicer car. I'll be happy when I can live in a bigger house. I'll be happy when my kids are grown and out of the house. Amen? You just fill in the blank. That's the way we live our lives. We're always looking down the road. And here's a real common problem, and I find myself with this problem. Everybody look at me. Because I want you to get this if you don't get anything else today. Um, I'm always trying to fill my life with things and and stuff, and here's the thing you've got to understand. Nothing will fill that except God, all right? Um, We are always searching for something. Many of you say, I'm going to be happy one day when. We always are living in the future and never living in the present. Instead of saying, God, what do you want me to do today? We're always looking towards the future, aren't we? And it's just like, what do we end up doing? And and I'm confessing to you myself, I end up wasting the the present because I'm too busy thinking about the future. You notice how we do that every single day? You get up in the morning, the sun comes up, you get up in the morning, and instead of saying, whoo, I'm excited, God, what do you got for me today? We don't ever do that, do we? We kind of get up more with the attitude, all right, Lord, here it is, another day. And, Lord, I'm going to try to make it through this day until I get to something better. And what do we end up doing? We end up cheating our families. We end up cheating our spouses. We end up cheating our kids because we're never living in the present. The present is a present. Amen? The future, you think you know what's going to happen in the future, but guess what? It very rarely turns out the way you thought it was going to turn out, does it? So why does God say in his word, don't worry about tomorrow? You remember that scripture? Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about God taking care of you tomorrow. Live for today. And we need to turn that thing around and we need to learn to settle our restless soul and just live in the present and say, God, what do you got for me today? God, the day is yours and you just use me however you want to use me. That's hard to do, isn't it? Easy to say, hard to do, okay? Um, All of us uh, acknowledge our body needs rest. But guess what? Your soul also needs rest. So, where do we find rest for our souls? Our souls find rest in God alone. Psalm 62, 1 says this. Psalm 62, 1 uh, says, Oh, we got it. We're going to get it. He's. <laughs> Give Brother JT a big hand. He worked at Reboot. Reboot. There it is. All right. That's the only thing about technology. Technology don't always do what you want it to do, does it? Uh, Truly my soul silently waits for God, and from him comes my salvation. Amen. You don't need to be worrying about tomorrow. You need to be worrying about living in the present because God has something for you today, and God has something for you to do today. I was talking with Brother Buck and, and Susan in the back there before we started today, and uh, she said, you know, uh, Daddy sometimes wonders why he's still here as old as he is and, and uh, having the, some of the troubles, but Brother Buck witnesses to somebody every single day. Brother Buck's learned to just live, amen, yeah, amen. He's learned to live in the present. What if we all lived that way? I think one thing about getting older, there's not a lot of good things about getting older, Brother Buck, but there is one good thing. It gives you proper perspective, doesn't it? And you realize, hey, at this age, every day I get up in the morning is a gift, amen? So am I going to use that day to the fullest because I know it very well might be my last day? And I believe that's, that's the key to living like that. Paul discovered that. He said, I have learned to live with everything. I've learned to live with nothing. I've learned to be content in all things, Amen. And so Paul discovered that. Just live in the day and get up in the morning and say, God, who do you got for me to witness to today? Lord, who do you have for me to talk to today? Who do you have for me to encourage today? Lord, what do you have for me to do today? Quit worrying about tomorrow. Your 10-year plan, can I, can I burst your bubble? I've lived long enough to discover this. Your 10-year plan you got in your life is probably not going to happen. If it does happen, it's probably going to look completely different from the way you thought it was going to look. I've I've even tried the five-year plan, and I can't even get that right. The five-year plan usually ends up looking totally. Why? Because a lot can happen in five years, and you're not in control. God's in control. Amen. And you might might find yourself in a totally different place than you thought you would five years down the road, ten years down the road. So that's why he says, don't worry about that. God's in charge of that. You worry about today. Today. If we could just learn that one thing. Just learn to live today in the present. Be present. When you're at home, and this is why it's hard, especially with these devices, because what do we do? We all go home. Your family gathers around you. We're all together in the same room, and we could be involved in each other's lives. We could be saying, what? Tell me what you did today, and let me me hear how God blessed you today. But what do we do? We come in. We're all in the same room, but nobody's present. You ever, you ever done that? You ever go in your living room and you look around and you got, you know, 10 or 12 of your family and nobody's looking up? Everybody's. So you could say, you could say, it was a wonderful day. I had all my family together. Of course, nobody looked at me. Nobody looked me in the eye because they were all too busy looking at their phones. Nobody talked to each other because we were all too busy texting. And listen, again, I'm preaching to myself as much as I'm preaching to anybody. I know some people have a rule. When they come in the house, they have a phone bowl. And I'm here to tell you, that's a pretty darn good idea. And when their family comes in, everybody puts their phones in the bowl until uh, until all the visiting is done. And then on their way out, everybody just picks their phone up out of the bowl. Pretty good idea. Because we tend to all be in the same room, but never interacting with each other. All right? That's enough on that. Brother Mark, quit meddling. All right? I'll, I'll do it. All right. All right. So... Our souls find rest in God alone. No person, no experience, no dream, no thing can give it internal rest like the presence of God. All right. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 29 says, Come to me, all you who, are, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will what? Give you rest. Amen. We all need rest. So, Brother Mark, okay, I've heard you talk now. How do I find rest in God? I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you. All right? Uh, Three three things. Number one, be still before God. Now this, Brother Mark, that's not hard. Oh, yes, it is. I'm going to get my stopwatch out. I want you to do something for me, just as a little experiment. All right? Everybody ready? I want you to sit there. I want you to take a deep breath in and I want you to close your eyes and I want you to promise me that for the next 30 seconds you won't think about anything, you won't uh, think about what you're going to do after this is over, you won't think about being anything productive that you've got to do for the day, just spend 30 seconds letting God speak to you, not talking to God, listening to God, you Ready? Almost impossible, isn't it, to steal your mind and just think. Now, that was 30 seconds. Just think if we just took five minutes, five minutes a day, if you just sat down, put the phone away. And when I say put it away, I mean put it in another room, turned off, and just spent five minutes say, Lord, speak to me in this five minutes. I'm going to clear my mind. I'm going to clear my schedule. Lord, just speak to me. Can you imagine what God might say to you? I'm here to tell you, I think we've lost the art of just being still before God. Just that 30 seconds was almost maddening. Because when you sit down to do nothing, especially you type A's. Again, I don't mean to get on the type A's, but this is kind of geared where y'all have more problems sometimes shutting everything down. But to just sit, to just sit and not let your mind go to your to-do list. To just sit and not let your mind go, oh God. I should be up doing this. I should be up doing this. This needs to be done. This needs to be done. I need to get this done on my list. And to just sit and be still before God. Because here's the thing. We're pretty good at talking to God. I find that as Christians a lot of times, we're not very good at listening to God. When I pray in the mornings, it's usually, all right, God, good morning. It's me, Mark Trammell here's what I need. I need this. I need this. I need this. I need you to heal this person. I need you to do this. Bing, bang, bing, bing, bing. Do all this for me. Thank you, Lord. Good talking to you. I'll talk to you tomorrow. And God says, hello, can I say anything? That's a one-sided conversation, isn't it? You ever been part of a one-sided conversation and you were on the wrong side? That's kind of aggravating, isn't it? Well, just think how God feels. We're very good at talking to God, but we're not very good at listening because What does listening require? Uh Uh-oh. It requires that you shut up. Stop talking and listening. The art of listening. We're not even really good at listening to each other. And I find especially a lot of times we're not good at listening to God. But in order to listen and be a good listener, you have to shut this and you have to not be thinking about something else. You ever done this? You say you're listening to somebody. Let's say Mary. Mary likes to talk. I'll use her. <laughs> but let's say, you know, I asked Mary, Mary, how's everybody at your house doing? What's been going on in your life? And she starts talking, and I'm locked in her eyes, and I hear words coming out of her mouth, but my brain is somewhere else. You ever been there? You ever done that to your spouse? Uh oh. Whoa, stop. We'll stop right there, Brother Mark. Amen. You know, uh somebody's talking and i i say i'm listening but you can you can say you're listening and still really not be listening because your mind is engaged somewhere else i'm really bad about this i'm not good at remembering names but i'll tell you why i'm not good at remembering names because the minute that i meet somebody let's say i just met mary sorry mary you sat close to front i'm picking on i know she didn't mind being picked on and I, i say hey i'm mark trammell what is your name and before she can say her name I'm already thinking what I'm going to say next and I'm already thinking where I want the conversation to go so she says her name and I see it come out of her mouth but I don't really pay attention and so then we get about five minutes in the conversation in my brain I'm going oh dear lord what did she say her name was oh my gosh I need to call her by name and I cannot remember because I really wasn't listening I wasn't paying attention I was too busy thinking what I wanted to say, and where I wanted the conversation to go. So you see what I'm saying? And we do this to God all the time. Amen. God wants to speak to us. Can you imagine what would happen if we asked God and we said, Lord, what do you want to say to me? Lord, what do you want to show me in my life? Lord, what do you want to do in me and with me? Just think if we would just let God talk about those things in our life every day and actually listen to him. It would revolutionize our Christian walk, wouldn't it? Amen. All right. Uh, Psalm chapter 131. Psalm 131 verses 1 and 2 says this. and I'm almost done. Lord, my heart is not haughty nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I concern myself with great matters nor with things too profound for me. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. All right. Let's talk about children. You ever known a child that wouldn't sit still? You ever had a child that wouldn't sit still? It'll wear you out, won't it? But guess what? Many times that's us. We are those children, and we, we can't sit still. We're not very good. Now, maybe you had, uh, usually God will bless you, and the, the, your kids will be totally different personalities. And you'll have one that was easy, but then you'll have one that was kind of a little bit more difficult. Amen. And so w- you appreciate that easy one after you have the hard one. And hopefully you have the easy one first, uh, you know, because uh, if you have the hard one first, you may not have the second one. Amen. But it will wear you out. Some children are just wired. And, you know, we're we're in a day and time where everybody's got ADD, ADHD, and people are put on medicine and all these things. But, again, I think it's the culture in which we live. Uh, what happens when you let the television babysit your children all day long uh, they will become stimulated it will stimulate their mind and i believe that's where a lot of the the problems we have today with ADD ADHD it's because that's kind of how uh, a generation raised them sometimes we have a lot of homes where the kids really raised themselves and that television did more raising of them kids than the parents ever did and that can cause a problem may not seem like a problem in the beginning But in the long run, it ends up causing a problem. We are unsettled. We are unsettled. We cannot stop our mind from going. Uh, See if you ever think about this. uh, You stop and you have your quiet time, but your mind goes to, I've got bills to pay. The yard needs to be mowed. I've got dinner to make. There's diapers to change. My kids are right outside that door. They won't leave me alone. Lord, I don't have time to be still. We think we don't have time to be still, but you don't have time not to be still. All right? Because the Lord says that's where you're going to find Him. Psalm 130, verses 5 and 6. The second thing is we have to wait for God. Dirty word. We don't like to hear the word wait, do we? Wait for God. Psalm 130, verses 5 and 6 says, I wait for the Lord. My what waits? My soul waits, and in his word, I do hope. Verse 6 says, My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning, yes, more than those who watch for the morning. You know what this is referring to? In the old days, they used to have a wall around the city, and there's a terminology used in biblical times called watchmen on the wall and they would build a wall around a city in order to protect the city they would put watchmen on the wall and the watchmen especially at night they were to patrol that wall and they were looking very carefully to see if anybody was going to attack them especially because you were more vulnerable at night people could sneak up on you and attack you so those watchmen on the wall would stay up all night they did the graveyard shift to keep the city safe and they put the watchmen on the wall to watch and make sure nothing happened during the nighttime And those men did that graveyard shift, and just like many of you have worked graveyard shift, what are you looking for? You're looking for that sun to come up and the day to come and know everything is good, the city is safe, I can come down off the wall now and I can go rest. We need to be like those watchmen on the wall. My soul waits for the Lord, all right? Learn to be diligent and wait on God, all right? And number three is reflect on God's goodness. Reflect on God's goodness. Understand He's been good to you before. He's been better to you than you deserve, and He will continue to take care of you. All right. Um, let's see. I've under, I wrote this down. Sorry, I can't read my own handwriting. And this this is probably something you've heard before. But this saying it says, "If the devil can't make us bad, he'll make us busy. He'll make us too busy to spend time with him. If he can't necessarily tempt us into doing the bad things." then he'll just make us too busy to spend time with him. Because the devil, he don't mind you coming to church. He don't mind you doing all those outer things. But he does not want you praying. He does not want you spending time with God. He does not want you getting closer to God. Because that's when you become a threat to him. Amen. All right. uh, Reflect on God's goodness. I'm tempted to think about all I have to do, everything I would like to have. Uh, But I need to think of all that God has already done for me. Did you know if God never blessed you with anything else, you are already some of the richest people in the world? Just the fact that you were born in the United States of America puts you in the top 5% of the entire world. Do you understand that if God never gave you one more thing, you've already been way more blessed? Just think right now if you were born in the Ukraine. And that's just—that's all you knew. That's where you lived. And now, you know, to go to church, you may have to dodge bombs, you know, to do anything. Uh, Somebody said they read, you know, on uh, Facebook where this couple got married, and they were going to get married later on, but they they don't know how long they've got to live now, so they went ahead and got married with bombs going off all around them. What if that was your reality? What if that was your life? What if... To be blessed by God or think you have it good, you just needed a bed to lay in at night. You just needed a house with a roof because it got bombed off. What if you didn't know where your next meal was coming from? Are we spoiled rotten in America? I think unequivocally. Unequivocally because we're we're never satisfied. Just like I said, we always want more. We always need more. It never satisfies us. All right. I want to end with this one. Julie, you can come on this. And we all know this one. We've all heard this before, but I'm going to skip over uh, JT to Psalm chapter 23, the 23rd Psalm. We've all heard it all of our lives, haven't we? But guess what? The Lord says that part of his intention for you is to give you rest. Most of us don't like to rest because sometimes we see resting as being lazy. But guess what? Everybody in this room needs rest. Your body needs rest. Your body needs sleep. Uh, Your mind needs rest. Your soul needs rest. Say it with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my what? Soul. And he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The Lord leads you beside the still waters. Can you get that mental picture? The Lord wants you. he, He leads you to a stream. And he leads you to a grassy field with a beautiful stream running next to it. And the Lord is just saying, I want you to just go over there. Here, I got you a blanket. I want you to spread this blanket out by the river there. And I just want you to lay back. I want you to lay down in this green pasture. By rivers, still water. And I just want you to rest. My child, rest. Rest. Spend time with me. Let me come. I'll put my blanket down next to you. And we'll just spend time together. And I will energize you. I will bless you. I will speak into your heart. Speak into your life. Let's just lay here for a little while. Some of the sweetest times with my kids growing up was when I would go into their bedroom at night. Remember? and tuck them into bed, you've read them a story, you've said your prayers, and then sometimes you just, you'd just you crawl off in the bed with them, and you'd just spend a little time and just have those sweet conversations. Remember those? Then they become teenagers. Oh, anyway, all right, well, let's get back to the kid. All right, yeah, remember when they were sweet and angelic, and you got into bed with them, and you just had the sweetest conversations. That's how God, God is your father. And many times he just wants to get next to you and he just wants to have those sweet conversations. And he wants to bless you and give you rest. Listen, many of us, we're, we're fried. Our brains are fried. Our souls are fried. We, we just seem like we're anxious all the time. And God says, I want to give you rest. Be still. Wait on me. And i tell you, we live in a day and time where I'm telling you, we've got to do some of this. Because guess what? We are in times where it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. And so you have to learn to find your rest and find your hope in him and your rest in him. Amen. Don't be thinking about the future. What can God do with you today? God wants to use your today. Amen. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes with me. Maybe you're here this morning and maybe you would say, Brother Mark, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I were to die right now where I'd go. And that's okay. You've come to the right place. Because nobody in this room is saved because they deserve to be saved. Nobody in this room is going to heaven because they deserve to go to heaven. The only thing that saves us is the blood of Jesus. The only thing that sets us free is the blood of Jesus. The only reason any of us in this room are going to heaven is because of the blood of Jesus. And we've accepted what he's done for us. So today, if that's you, don't feel bad. Today, you just need to give it to Jesus. Say, Lord, I believe that you did that for me. You died on the cross for me. Because if we could save ourselves, there was no reason for Jesus to die on that cross. So maybe today is your day. There's no shame in it. We all have to come to that point. Maybe you're here today and you say, Brother Mark, I did that a long time ago, but I have wandered away from the Lord and I haven't been living for the Lord. Guess what? The Lord is always waiting with his arms wide open, just waiting for you to come back to him. So if that either one of those is you, just pray this prayer with me today in your heart, your mind, your spirit. Just say, dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. And Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And Lord, right now, the best way I know how, I ask you, Lord, to come into my heart, forgive me of my sins and save me. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. I want to live my life for you now. Lord, come in and take control of my life. I would never want to embarrass anybody, but I would like to pray for you. You prayed that prayer today as a prayer of salvation or a prayer of recommitment. Would you just raise up a hand so I could pray for you? Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. We're going to have an altar call right now. and That's just a time for you to do business with the Lord. And don't let, again live in the present. I know many of you thinking about where am I going for lunch or what, where are we going from here, what are we doing from here stop, stop and just say Lord what do you want to say to me right now Lord do you want me to go to that altar, Do I, are, there, are there some things I need to bring to the altar listen, many of us we don't come to this altar near enough so I'm just asking you to come to the altar today if you need to, bring some things before the Lord I'll be here to pray with you if you would like me to but you can come and just kneel at this altar Father, have your will and your way in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. The altar is open. Julie's going to lead us in a song. If you need to come and pray at this altar, if you need me to pray for you, you just come. sing it together. Everybody say amen. That's good. Well, I hope that that blessed you today, and uh, I'm going to uh, let you go now. I thank the Lord for you today. I I hope that you will take some of these things we learned today. Go and be still and uh, live for the Lord. Wait on the Lord and uh, live in the moment today. Amen. Any family, any friends that you spend time around today, Be present with them, amen. Brother Gary will be at the back door. He's got our offering basket if you need to drop that off. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day.